0: Our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the young Grognard, kicking it to another episode of the podcast. The campaign Beckons of the Herald Steel, the Adventure, the Kings, and the Quest. Ascabellum. And the last episodes of the show, our party finally escaped Bonebreak's clutches, only to make their way to Ascabellum, arriving in the city of Avi. Our party members met with King Therun Azcabellum himself. Uh, after meeting with all the people of the land and seeing the culture of Avi, they got to experience the gladiator games, fine foods with nobility, and all that funky business. But they also found themselves in an interesting discussion. Uh, with the king apparently finding out the cruel and wicked nature of the Queen Gerivar of Amaroth and finding out that apparently she is not quite what she seemed and all of the fear about that situation uh, seems to have reached a uh, breaking point as uh, apparently she's some kind of demon lady uh the king upon being requested to provide proof showed a bunch of scrying gemstones that show off the uh locations that the uh, queen has left the gemstones at since they were going to be married it was part of the whole gift that he had given her for you know all that fun stuff um but the party the last episode had ended up staring into the gemstones and um click uh you, you had a request for uh something you
3: wanted to see in the uh gemstones yeah, Kliga would like to, while the king is showing off all the different viewpoints, look to see if any of the letters she has written the queen are anywhere in sight. Yeah, unfortunately what you see in one of the gemstones
0: is what looks to be not an offering table, but it looks like a table covered in magical equipment. So various like material components and whatnot. And amongst the components that you see here, you guys also see bits of like bloodied rag And you see like various like scraps of equipment that were left behind or scraps of food that people in your party had taken bites out of or whatever. And they're all kind of left upon this sort of dais that's covered in, you know, all all this stuff, as well as like burning incense and and gemstones and whatnot, uh, as well as the letters themselves scribbled and scribed sitting there amongst the rest of the pile of things. There's nobody in attendance. But thanks to the sort of rolling light of the uh, braziers in the room, you can see these objects. And seeing all of these little bits and bobbles of your past relationship with the queen and the people in the court, uh, it gives you a very sinking feeling in your stomachs when you recognize just how deep this goes and how much she may know about you guys and how much power she may already be able to exert having so many things connecting you to that place.
4: Anton has a question. If she's she's a demon, was she a demon the whole time? Like her parents were human. Was she always born as a demon or is this probably a demon who took her form and the the original daughter no longer exists? That's where I'm kind of confused.
0: I mean, for what it's worth, I can't tell you that. Okay. But what I can tell you, is if anybody remembers Ortegaire, anybody? Ortegaire, yep. That was our Wizards first chessboard the in the set. yes. And you yep. guys
4: were, 15.
0: yeah, the one that I want. Do you guys recall his role in any of this? I
1: remember that he was friends with the previous king, and he had like suspicions about the queen, right? Yep.
0: And he had mentioned how things didn't feel quite right and she didn't seem all that normal, and he sort of distanced himself from the court as the king declined in age, so so from that information alone, it could be the case that she's been here for a long time. And Orteglare was the only person who had a very sneaky lurking suspicion. Well, apparently other people did too, but yeah. Orteglare just uh, GTFO'd on that one, and he's like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Climbed into a chessboard. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> but yeah. So with that in mind, the uh, king, with the handful of gemstones, seeing you guys all kind of eyeballing all of them and looking deep into various ones, he says, as he pulls it back towards his chest, he says, If you look too long, you will realize she knows much about us and everything. I don't suspect she has any magical abilities to look back through these same scrying stones. And for that reason, we may all be safe. But when I say I have known you before I knew you, I saw you through the stones. I knew where you would be, and I sent a courier there to speak with you at once. I hope this doesn't break any level of trust you have with with me. I promise you, this has always been for the greater good of all peoples. Amrothian, Azkabellan, anyone.
4: How long did you suspect her of being this way? Well, was it when you first were betrothed?
0: Me and my advisors have had lurking suspicions ever since the king was sick, with no real sign of why such a thing would happen having such private affairs with his medical well-being. The king and I had known each other for a fair bit of time. I, just a prince below my father at the time. I, I don't know. He seems almost like shaken by this as he sort of rolls back in, in, in the past and recognizes like his role, the king's role, thinking about all the sons of the king that died mysteriously and all that. And you can see a little, like, a wave of grief and and guilt wash over him as he sort of turns back to you all and he says, it is through our duty and our deeds that we will correct the wrongs that have happened here. I will do the best I can to help you all. But as I said previously, I will have Amroth. We will take Eagleheart and I will control those lands. If it is not to be in the Garavar blood, then it shall be as Cabellan blood. I will rule the kingdoms, and I will be leader of both. They need a leader, they need a voice, and they need to be saved. Do you have objections? And with that, the king's look as he rolls fingers over each of the gemstones and kind of clasps them into his hands closed, obscuring them from your vision, you see his look changes from like his very welcoming confident look to a very like this is your last chance to say something kind of confident look and he says I feel like many things may change but people will still be cared for I will still look out for the best of them and he kind of looks around the crystal dome here and aims his glare back to the hall you guys came in through you've been in my lands you've met my people I'm not a cruel leader. I am nothing more than a kind man hoping to grant everyone a chance at happiness and a good life. It will not be a clean fight. It will not be something that will be easily attained. And I have fear that many, many lives will be extinguished in the pursuit of peace and freedom. But I think that's a worthy enough cause.
3: What about people who worship the Illuminator? Will they still be allowed to do that?
0: And he like, turns into himself again and he looks off at the dark clouds and he says, With all of the elements and the greater gods of the past, all elements deserve balance. I believe that as a ruler in the kingdom, those who worship the light will be balanced by those who worship all that can be found in the mystery of darkness. Those who worship the flames of chaos and devastation will be countered by those who worship growth and hardness. Those who worship all of the forms of being will be countered by those who worship all the spaces in between. The Illuminator is not a concern to me, nor are any of his followers, as he looks to Anton. And he says, all I wish is for peace. Whatever it is that the audience feel about this will likely stay here On this island, the Avians treat this place as their homeland, and it is sort of a religious being to to stay here amongst their people and where they hail from. Ira is gone, and that much is clear. The water has receded, and all we have are wastelands to the north. Ask anybody this. I just... I will not be able to fight this fight. I will not be able to win this war unless we find peace amongst all of the Ascabellans. We have ruled these lands for hundreds of years now, and if they cannot wrap their heads around this idea that we are one, then I don't think there's anything I can do. Perhaps you will be the ones to help me. I have a very unfortunate situation on my hands, and I'm hoping that with your worldly knowledge, your powers of diplomacy, And being a symbol of change, peace, and unity, as he kind of looks to each individual one of you, reflecting upon the different diverse backgrounds that each one of you bring to the table, both in race, class, denomination, and all that. He sort of looks around and he says, perhaps they'll see it in their hearts, that there's something greater in this world than blood and heritage, and instead, the future is what's most important. So, I guess,
4: unify, the only fear I have is, I trust in your word, but what kind of counsel do you bring into Amaroth? Do you bring yourself? Do you bring followers who follow your same goals?
0: And he says, he says again. You have seen my counsel. You have seen the people I I break bread with and people I dine with, people I consult. The people love me, and I love my people. I've done nothing but good by them, and they live good lives because of that. If the people in the north and the wastelands beyond live a terrible, painful life, that is on them. They would rather live by their heritage out in the sand, dying painful deaths in the wasteland to whatever it is that's out there then come live in the city and come live in my city-states amongst my people and the protection that my civilization brings them. If they wish to die a stubborn death, there is nothing I could ever do. But many Avians have seen the light of my my way, of my rule, and many have prospered greatly. I wish nothing more than to unite all of us, even if they wish to live in their wastelands, or Yira has, has completely and utterly abandoned them, So be it, but at least allow them to be at peace with me, recognize me as their leader. In the past few months, I have had many issues with raids from their people on my caravans, trade to the other cities along the coast. There's been many issues. Many of these raids have left my people dead, bodies scavenged, all of the, the carts completely cleared out of all their goods. And I can't help but feel like the only people who could hospitably live out there in the wastelands, do these sort of hit-and-run tactics, and go escape without a trace into the sands, it's the Avvians. And for that reason, I have a rather unfortunate bit of news for all of you. I don't know how much you know of the Ovians, and I'm more than willing to explain these things to you. How much do you know? of the Avians. Wait,
2: wait, wait. So, what you're saying is you have your own problems here, and you're trying to help other people's problems somewhere else? Shouldn't you fix here first?
4: I think that's the point of us being here, Jose.
2: Oh, shit.
4: (laughs) (laughs) We'll do what we can, Great King. We cannot... Keep to any promises. We'd have to meet with the Avians and understand their side of the story as well as they only hope we could find a measure of peace between both. But I'm just curious: will this measure of peace prevent your prevent your apologies? Thinking the word your your movement into as. Uh, Azeroth. Will this determine...
0: Azeroth! Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold
1: on. (laughs) Yeah, calm down. Azeroth is a copyrighted term. Please don't. I was going to say,
0: I claim no ownership over (laughs) the name. I'm just kidding.
4: Sorry, sorry, sorry. Amaroth, apologies.
0: You know, you make it sound like I just lifted the name like that. No. Well, at least you knew one of the two names.
4: You know what I mean? will Will this connection between the of and people prevent your movement into Amroth.
0: Well, that's the reason why I'm asking for your assistance. If I can have unity forged and they can understand what is happening just over the sea, this will not end with Amroth. The Herald of Steel will come for us too. I need for them to understand that their heritage is important. It's valid. But there are things in this world more important than, than having an issue with me and my ancestors.
2: And I just want
0: you to help get this message out. But that we brings to me to a very unfortunate detail, which is that my soldiers have captured what could possibly be described as the most important person to the audience. I have her in a cell in the prisons beneath my castle, and I have her under a very, very tight and strict watch. I don't know how much you know of the Avians, but they are people of three major cultures. One of them follows a strict adherence to my rule and have learned the beauty of all that I can provide. Another are godless people who have learned to live the best they can in the wasteland, staying for heritage and the sake of their culture and their people. We call them seaborne for they stay to the coast and have become great sailors, which even hearing this, Anton can tell very clearly, this is where your homies are from.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And even hearing the way that they like kind of learned your religious talk, they came to the table as if they had like strict cultural rules. And then you provided like religious terms to them that they are like, oh, you know, they dropped yeah. the year's name a lot, but never in a way that they're like all-powerful era. Instead, they're just like, it was like a character of mythos to them. Mm-hmm. And then he says, the third group who I fear we may never really reach unless Chazelle wishes to help us. They are known as the children of Ira, and they live deepest in the wastelands, farthest away. And I am afraid they're the ones who are conducting these raids. They are violent, they're temperamental, They're savages. Chazelle is the only one I know who could potentially reach their hearts. But I'm afraid unless Yira herself speaks to them, they will never bend to my will. They will never do anything I ask of them without kicking, screaming, and biting the entire way through.
4: I ask why you locked up their leader then. What did you think? That the way
0: that i the way that i see this is she is how do i say this a figure almost mythical herself chazelle goes by many names and chazelle is just the name that we have known her for the longest but she is chazelle of the seas and many records date that she could be anywhere close to 300 years old yet her blood is of the human variety. Somehow, she does not age. Somehow, she stays permanently as she was at the age of perhaps 50, 55. But she is very strange and wiry. She has many ways about her. And the only way I could potentially have a conversation with her was to keep her in captivity here. I don't suppose anybody knows that she is here beyond my own noble ruling and anybody closest to me in my advising. But if you were to speak with her while we have an opportunity, I think we could potentially get her to understand how much we need her and how much the world needs her.
4: I need to understand her first.
0: And he, I don't wanna say looks insulted by this, but he looks perplexed at the comment and how bold it is to be like sympathizing with the like the leader of the potential group that's been causing him such issue. And you're like, Well, did you ask her how she feels? And he's just like peace I don't know. is
4: a matter of balance. I understand your needs, I understand that, but I must understand her needs as well. Peace brought by a balance is not peace. It
0: and so means-
4: and where she comes from and understanding immediately that she is possibly held against her where will puts me in a... I, oh,
1: only hope,
4: and I only hope she can be open with me. And I don't doubt your methods, my king. I have no idea of what the situation was before myself. It sounds extremely stressful and to your people, but anything being locked up in captivity unable to do what they do will not Is not a way to peace it is not a way to peace Peace and so that
0: that, yeah I I don't want to say he looks moved by this but even as you begin with this he seems to kind of like lower his eyes to the ground for a quick second and as he does you see his eyes like as they start to guide themselves back up to your you know your look at him he pauses at your belt and he sees a certain horn hooked and hanging from your, from your vestige. And as you finish speaking, he says quite a bit of diplomatic speech. I assume you have a lot of practice having dealt with so many nobles and people on your travels around the land. And he takes one step forward and kind of pokes a finger at the horn on your belt. And he says, "Where did you find such a thing?"
2: Oh, that thing's busted. It doesn't even work. <laughs> <laughs> this
4: was found in. This was found in ancient elven halls.
0: And that he sort of sniffs at it, and you see a, a smirk come across <laughs> his <laughs> face, and he <laughs> says,
4: "Anton's going to hand it to him." He's like, "You're free to inspect it as needed."
0: And so he picks it up and he says It is as I expected Perfectly stable Still in working repair This what? thing must be Maybe 400 Years old Perhaps Judging by the stylings on here But this surely is Azcabellan And he hands it back to him And he says This one as he kind of gestures Towards Jarzak with his head Says this one suggests it's broken Something tells me by you carrying it on your belt, it's not broken.
2: It seems to only work half the time.
4: I, I imagine it's, it has its uses with certain, certain people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good. And with that, he gives a gentle nod and he says, "Yes, certain people indeed. Those of." Rather pure bloodlines in this land have quite an ability to use such a thing. To I'm be so born so as Cabellin is to be able to use it. To inspire is a sign of truest blood and character. Pray tell me, Anton of Glorywake, as he takes another step back and kind of crosses his arms have you inspired anyone with this device? A flashback of a bunch of greasy, grubby dwarves. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Anton just looks uncomfortable. Looks, tries to get any glimpse as soon as he can for like a hope of protection through any window he can get his eyes on. He just says, Yes.
0: And with that, he says, Perhaps your sense of diplomacy is more meaningful here and more destined by fate than anything. It seems that you and I, and all of a sudden there's bang, bang, bang at the door. And with that, the king immediately interrupted by this takes like a quick shudder, not expecting that whatsoever. And he yells without even looking towards the door and he says, who goes there and what do you wish? And with that, you hear somebody on the other side of the door. My king, my king, something terrible has happened. Please, at once. And with that, he gives you all a look and he says, I'll be just a moment. They know better than to interrupt me when I'm in here. And so that he rushes off to the door and opens it. Um, if you guys want, you can roll for a perception check as he's trying to do this as quietly as possible.
2: Yes, <laughs> is that too,
0: <laughs> <laughs> No. No. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Anton got a four, so he's lost in like a moral dilemma <laughs> state. Still, so, states. So Eleven. Blue. Um, Twelve.
3: Mm, let's see.
0: Twelve. Okay, so everybody except for Anton, who's busy reeling over his apparent bloodline here. You yeah. guys can all hope hear I, a couple of...
4: I really hope not. He's going to freak the fuck out. That is, he's...
0: A couple Sorry. of choice words seem to cut through the whispers as you hear a word such as prison, escape, Chazelle, <laughs> and. What words Uh-oh. didn't we hear?
3: Oh, here we got. <laughs> Who said, uh oh?
0: And with that, the door <laughs> slowly shuts as the man keeps talking. And the king looks over his shoulder at all three of you guys looking at him like you just heard the whole thing. A bunch of like, uh oh, faces on each and every one of you. And yeah. That he says, <laughs> click a mouse. The word, uh oh. <laughs> and
3: and then,
0: he's like,
4: oh, at the song So just to just to emphasize that he's not looking at the king.
0: And <laughs> that it's just a bunch of oh no, oh no. Kool-Aid guy shatters through the glass of this dome. <laughs> the thing tips over and starts to fall. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and so with that, the king turns to all of you and he says, I must be going. I have great business to attend to. D.A.s will take you to your rooms, your chambers. Your accomplices from the vessel are are waiting in the chambers as well. You, need a- you, me? you wouldn't like a hand, And he says, I'm not sure that you will be able to help me with this.
1: Very well, if that is your judgment.
0: And with that, he looks back and forth really quickly and he says on second thought as he looks over at Anton, no, I, you should come and help me with this at once. Let's go. Or he just says, go. All right. And uh, so,
1: yeah, we, we hustle along. Yeah. So
0: since night has fallen and all the light that comes to the windows is coming through with cold, bitter winds and the occasional bit of, uh, of raindrops slicking through here, thunder claps and lightning flashes. You guys trudge through this marble palace until you come upon a spiraling stairwell that goes deep within the bowels of the castle. And as the king and an entourage of about 10 guards come through here, you guys can see your whole way down that this place is getting like scooby-dooed by tons and tons of guards looking everywhere and anywhere you can see this place getting locked down and doorways are being watched on all sides and everything and as you guys make it down to the prison complex deep in the dungeons beneath the castle you're walked down dingy dank cavernous structures here until you reach sort of like a how do i say this like a like a supreme holding cell something of like a locked off area that's basically you all know, seen the movie like silence of the lambs yeah you know that scene where they like go to see his cell and it's just like the cage in the middle of that giant room you know what i'm talking about like her cell that she had was like a cell within a cell it was just like a big caged block that's like probably like 30 feet by 30 feet of just like monkey cage at the zoo and around is just like a stone dome with only one way out and they had just round-o'clock guards watching from all sides and with that the king walking into this room and looking in the chamber, walking in amongst the cage and everything, he just starts to, like, hold his arms up and he says, how could she have ever gotten out of here? Who was on watch? And everybody kind of looks around and they say, well, you see, uh, and the guards start to look very guilty as a, as a trio of guards look around and only one guard seems to raise a hand to say, I'm the only guard who remembers anything. The others passed out a- Apparently we drank some really, really bad wine. Somehow a bad batch made its way down the stairs and we didn't know it was bad. And we drank it. And with that, the King just looks like so unbelievably angry about this and so upset. But the one who's speaking says, but I didn't drink a drop. I promise you this. And I did my rounds every moment that I could and every moment that I ought to, but I don't know. Something's wrong here. I promise you, my King. I would, never, I would never do anything to, to, ruin, to ruin the sanctity of this, of this structure. And, and, and my watch was perfect. And the king turns to you guys and he says, I'm going to continue doing my sweeps around the building. I'm going to look over the grounds myself. You stay here, figure out what you can, and help me as you might. And with that, he walks off with a lot of his entourage, still leaving about like 10 to 15 guards, searching every nook and cranny in this prison structure, and leaving you guys in this main cell area, with the three guards who apparently fell asleep. Looking at them now, they're all very pale and shaky. They look like they are violently ill and like passed out from some really bad juju. And the one guard who shakily stands like uh, probably about five foot five, and he looks like he doesn't weigh a pound more than 120 pounds. And he's just this small, foppish, curly-headed guy just chilling there in his little guard's outfit. And he looks to each and every one of you looking back at him with a look of like, oh, no. All right. And so with that, he um, he turns to your group. And so with that, he turns to you guys and he says, I can answer any question you have, but I don't think you're going to believe me when I tell you anything that I have to say. I promise you she was she was kind. She was pleasant. She never played any any games. never, Never, never tried to trick me. She she honestly just asked me how the weather was. If it was raining. She, she cared only about the ways of the world outside and how I was doing. I promise.
1: Well, what you can do, lad, is paint a picture for me. How is she, uh, you know, kept in this shell? Uh, what's it like? What amenities is she given? And is she ever let out for any reason?
0: She was given wicker plates and she was given very simple wooden tools to use for her food. She was given only simple things, you know, everything she had was disposable and, and, and nothing she could use to break out. We have a very supreme lock on the door and you look over and you see like the, the padlock on this thing is like a bank vault door. Like there's no way anybody could get through it. And the overall width of the door or the bars is like a wrist on, on like the most slender member of the party. Like Klika could squeeze her arm through one of these, but only up to the elbow. And so it seems very unlikely she ever squeezed through any bars or anything like that. And to be able to say she picked the lock, somehow she'd be have to able to like squiggle her arm out with total, like, you know what I mean? Like it's just mm. the, the overall pragmatics are impossible that she could be able to do that without some form of magic or telekinesis or something.
1: And that so, leads into my next question. Uh, what are her known skills and powers? I understand that she has a long lifespan, uh, far away and beyond what is normal for humankind uh does she command the powers of the arcane uh is she the chosen servant of a god or any other such strange and unnatural abilities
0: i mean she never drank anything she never ate anything either in fact most of the time we would just sort of take turns eating her meals they fed her great food, straight from the king's own banquet hall, straight from his own kitchen. We gave her fine wines and waters and anything, and if she really lived out in the wastelands in the north, she would be grateful to have even a drop of drinking water. But she didn't. All she did was, well, talk to it. I know people talk about Yera and everything like that, but she just kind of dipped her finger in waited for the water to settle and let one single drip fall from her finger into the center. As it vibrated back and forth, I mean, she would just stare into it, go into a trance for just hours on end. I don't know if that's magic, but is it true that she's like three centuries old? I promise you, she she was doing morning stretches and routines. She'd climb around the bars in this cage. You would guess that she was Some kind of trained assassin from the cities. Nobody a a, a day over 20.
1: Perhaps that is the secret to long life, healthy liver.
4: That is devotion.
2: A quick question Do you normally uh, drink with your friends when they drink?
0: And with that, he says, Something didn't feel right. And I just figured I was. Maybe the stress of the job and knowing that I had to look over her was getting to me, but I could barely eat anything or drink anything. And I, I, I didn't want to drink anything they were. I was I was seeing things, strange visions and hallucinations. And I just I don't know. Please don't tell him I said that he'll he'll have me locked up myself or, or just or d- banished or something. Just, just don't tell him I said that part, please.
2: So something didn't feel right or you just felt you needed to be lucid enough to help her escape?
0: I beg your pardon?
2: Well, if you normally would drink with your buddies, it's odd that the one time you didn't, she's now gone and they don't remember.
0: I haven't drank with them in weeks. Ever since she first got here and I started feeling the stress of the job, I started seeing things. And I just felt like it was better for me to not dull my senses any more than apparently they were. I promise you, I'm not. I'm not mad. I, oh. I just—I don't who know. Who brought
2: them the drinks tonight?
0: Well, they found a barrel at the bottom of the stairs. It Was labeled with some sort of a, the typical labels of a wine from the vineyards to the south, and they just took it as a sign. Maybe it was somebody upstairs, one of their friends who worked up in the kitchen, sent it down. She didn't think much just of it. Drink, just drink mystery drink it. barrels. Can
4: we have more insight on these visions? And was. We'll- as you've mentioned, we do not think of you as mad.
0: He looks so unbelievably embarrassed at the at the mention of this again, and he says, "I really don't think that this has anything to do with anything here. Perhaps, like like Master Dwarf over here said, perhaps there is some sort of arcane or mental mastery that that was afoot. I, I don't think that anything I saw down here has anything to do with anything in particular. I, I can anything, assure you of that
1: anything can be relevant." Uh, I've known men uh, stressed at their jobs and positions who saw things that weren't there as well. Any weakness that she could have exploited did she seduce uh, you? is important.
0: What did you say, Ronnie?
4: Did she seduce you? Is that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got my noodle wet. No, <laughs> with that. No. Tell He's, the he truth, looks- and you won't get in trouble. So in kind of the same way that he asked Jarzak, he says, I beg your pardon. <laughs> if it's true that she's three <laughs> centuries old and a human, I mean, hell, I'm not thinking about this. That's not ben, that's what, what visions?
4: What are these visions that are occurring?
0: I just... <sighs> and with that, he like looks around for the rest of the guards who he was working with to like kind of be doing something else. And he lends and he says, it looked kind of like a fox something's been skulking down here for for a few days now it might have been a dog but i've never known anybody to have a pet down here and i just it always hung around the bars and it always hung around down here amongst the watch but i was the only one who ever saw it what do you think it means
4: anton just looks at kalika
0: oh shit i'm
1: sure it was nothing a trick of the light perhaps you want to roll
0: a deception check on that one there uh
1: I, I mean, he's like not.
0: uh, Yeah. Has has Norhill ever seen it? Norhill's heard about it. Very. Norhill's basically trying trying to cover
1: for this guy, and that's a natural
0: one. Oh, (laughs) that he looks at you and he's like, "Wait a minute, you know about this thing?" Yeah. There are
4: many works of mysterious ways in this world. It is not uncommon for. Well, spiritual things deities to support other deities.
3: At this least you didn't meet be, his brother.
4: This may be the work of multiple forces than just one. But nothing You're telling
0: very... me that, that there were gods intervening on my watch.
1: That's Not...
0: hey, uh,
1: that you... is one of a thousand
0: potentially. Hey think think about this kid you must be special if they allowed you to see them. You know, that he looks to you with, like, the most, like, what the fuck did you just say to me look? And then he's, like, slowly it melts away into, like, a weird sense of confidence. An eyebrow lifts and he says, you're telling me I saw a god? Or
2: one of its close servants or something.
4: I'm telling you, you saw something beyond the will of mortals. It, it As knowing that this what our quote-unquote prisoner may have been capable of is clearly not something a mortal could simply possess
3: uh can Clico mm. look around to see if there are any like portals <laughs> it's just a <laughs> portal to the space place just wide open
0: like no 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 we've always had that that's where we throw our garbage
3: I don't know if like <laughs> other people can see them because like when Clico went through one she just disappeared to like a Whenever, when, uh, according to like Jarzak, I think it was the one who saw her. So like I don't know local... do if we... can sense them or not.
1: Norhill would yeah. also, while Kleika search around, like to take a closer look at the cage itself, you know, the inside and the outside, and check more specifically for like, you know,
0: structural weaknesses or
1: anything. You'll
2: okay, you can, do so you can do <laughs> so it.
0: And then we got rid of Norhill very easily there. And day. But one you can, can do one, an invest <laughs> you can do an investigation check at advantage, Norhill. Uh Kalika searching around, you can do an investigation check as well. I don't know what everybody else's
3: plans are. Can I do Arcana instead of investigation?
0: No. Uh,
1: I got a natural 20 on my investigation check for a total of
0: 21. Eight. This okay. And this appears to be like the most sound structure as far as like prison cages go that you've probably ever seen outside of Dwarvish lands, just because like human craftsmanship for this sort of thing is obviously going to be lesser to dwarves, but like this is the best that a kingdom's thriving could afford. Like this is absolutely amazing integrity to every single facet of this thing. You would think from looking at it, this was all wrought of one single piece of metal. Like it is just that structurally sound. There's no sign of damages, rust or anything anywhere on it. And you might expect that this is made of adamantine itself. Like this is just like absolutely perfected to the point. There may even be like anti-magic enchantments on the bars itself. And with an eight from Klika, as you look around the, like this chamber here and look around at everything, there's no signs of anything at all of importance, but what you do notice when you check out the other room where the guards have like the little bunk bed set up here and you see the table and the wine and all the, like the glasses and everything, uh, there is one single glass under the table that doesn't really look like a glass so much as a strangely upturned mushroom that seems to still have a couple iridescent little dribbles of some sort of fancy schmancy booze on them.
3: All right.
4: Us here.
3: Yeah, Klikka will go over and grab the uh, mushroom glass okay just sort of bring it back to everybody um when I <laughs> was with Domoro in the Land of Immortals um he drank out of one of these uh he he kind of likes his mushroom cups
4: I feel like we sound like.
3: And so
0: with with that,
1: Norhill Nor- Nor- is gonna wave like the guards over and show them like a little bit of alcohol left in the mushroom cup and ask, "Is this what you drank?"
0: And with that, they look at it and they say, "Yeah." And again, even walking over here looks like trouble for them. Like they may be suffering from, quite possibly the worst hangover of of human existence like they barely managed to get over here walking on two legs
1: well that may not be far from the truth because norhill is starting to suspect that this is not mortal wine
0: (laughs) they're drinking fairy wine getting fucked up you imagine that? Just never recover from the hangover. Just a lifetime of being hungover from drinking enchanted wine. And it's like <laughs> the, um, the, the old god Jilly of hangovers likes.
1: from that one Terry Pratchett book. Very
0: good.
4: That's bad.
0: <laughs> Very good. And so with that,
2: uh, I'm going to take a look around see if I can find the fox dog. Okay. There. As
4: you I'm, walk around, just our prisoner is long gone.
1: <laughs> you think that she just walked away? There's no sign of uh, tampering or damage to the shell itself.
4: I
0: think Clinka she- can, can attest to the fact that seeing a mushroom cup, seeing the alcohol remnants, hearing a story about keys potentially being lifted by a fox dog and dropped perfectly at the right time to the right spot to open the door there's a good chance somebody didn't walk out. And instead, they had a very interesting stellar trip and <laughs> made it somewhere else. Very much so easily, albeit in a very strange way. But, uh, yeah. And so with that, seeing you guys sort of all come to a point of like, oh, the guards that uh, have, I guess, a, a sense of some sort of sobriety or, or some semblance of understanding come to their senses a little bit, seeing you guys do that, and they say, well, then where is she? You know? Did right. I find the fox dog?
4: And imagine she's back home.
0: Well, I mean, where's that?
3: Well, <laughs> probably wherever she wanted to go. Um... She likely got sort of spirited away by Domoro to the land of the immortals. And then he would have brought her or she would have even brought herself, depending on her connection to that place, back to wherever she wants. I mean, so I feel- she's not going to be here
2: human that old sounds pretty immortal to me so
0: Hmm. and so with that the guards just look all like well let's get the king he wants to know this sort of thing quick and as one of them turns really quickly you can see he gets like brain jelly whiplash from turning 180 degrees too quickly and he like stumbles and almost falls down so the one guy who didn't drink just like kind of gives you guys a quick nod and he says I'll go get them. I'll go get him at once. And with that, he rushes off. His helmet barely fitting over his stupid head, but he goes running off and leaves you guys down here in this little chamber by yourselves. And so, what would you guys like to do in the meantime?
4: If I just presumed she went to her end of the island. I, I presume that her end was the farthest end from this end. So,
0: yeah, because I mean, other- you guys, if this place is shaped kind of like a bean like a like a red bean or whatever um you guys are kind of like in the the crescent part of the bean in avi it's like the perfect middle of the island so as far as like the far north goes it's just as far away as the far south but the wastelands to the north are definitely like where avians are from so it's hard to say where she would be but north definitely makes the most sense but with that I guess after like five minutes, since you guys didn't take too long down here, the king comes sprinting down. And as he comes entering in, he yells at the guards and everybody. He says, leave this room at once. Every one of you, leave. And with that, they all just hip, skip, jump and run out of this room, He's closing all the doors behind them, leaving you guys alone with the king himself. And with that, he says, what do you know of her of her whereabouts? what What do you know?
4: We only know assumptions.
2: We Where for else sure. would someone
4: go other than the safety haven of home? But I do not wish that this becomes an attack on her and her people. Who else would not? Everyone desires to escape from their imprisonment. Does do that need to attack her people?
0: He says, "I, I did not want to attack her. I did not want to attack her people. She is a strange person who lives in strange lands, and I wanted nothing more than just a conversation of you all with her. I don't know what image you get from me in keeping her here, but I gave her everything I could of the best comforts while I waited for you all to arrive. I did my best to take good care of her while I could, but having her out there potentially aligning these raids on my people, I could not have it. The people, of the Avians are fractured enough as if they were to unite against me, I would lose this island, and I would lose every semblance of peace I had here. I did everything I could to accommodate her so that we could reach a point of peace. She did not want to speak to me. She never wanted to speak at all with me. I don't know what this is about, but I hoped you would all be able to help me with this so that we could all reach peace and so that I could help you. I don't know where her home is. All I know is that she lives to the north. Perhaps her people could tell you something. She has many names because she traveled to many places and was known by many of the Avians. She lived many generations worth of time amongst different peoples up there, and so I'm sure she's got plenty of friends who might know her whereabouts. The best I can say is if she's escaped, through whatever means you have all figured out, you need to find her, and we need to discuss this with her. I don't care how, but we must reach peace with the Avians.
2: How did you capture her in the first place?
0: My soldiers did. She came willingly. She refused to fight, and I refused to fight as well. We cornered her after a raid. They found her by a caravan, smoking, with my guards on the caravan dead. All of the stuff was looted and taken away, and she was the only one left behind.
4: We'll meet her on her terms. We'll do what we can to travel to north to find her whereabouts, but I ask that we do this with our party alone. I only fear, I understand your well-being and good king, and to keep her, just to keep this civil as possible, but a prison is a prison. Nothing changes that. If I'm we dead. are to meet with her and make some sort of peace building to be my group, my party meeting with her alone.
0: And again, he says, I meant nothing by imprisoning her. I just wanted you all to meet with her. And if I had let her go freely, she would not have stayed for anyone. She would have assumed I was offering her poison in a suite. She would have assumed that there was some trick to this. But I hoped that by the goodness of all of your character, you'd be able to convince her of, of, of otherwise. I want nothing more than peace and salvation for people who are hurt and people who will be hurt. I I I beg of you to go to the north to go find her. Go by yourselves. I don't care. I'll do what I can to help you, but I think you must leave as soon as possible, perhaps in the morning.
4: Can I do an insight just to make sure he's being like he's not gonna send someone to follow us? Sure. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I rolled the wrong one. <laughs>
0: huh
4: inside i got 26
0: crit and gum and so that he looks like he's meaning everything he's saying like he genuinely wants the best in the situation for everyone
4: okay okay anton's gonna do that anton just he's just worried because he thinks if he was waiting this long for us to come if he never came this woman would have been imprisoned for who knows how much longer that disturbs him Fair enough. Yes.
0: And so with that, you guys are escorted back upstairs after all this to, I guess what I would say is like kind of like a housing block of estates within the castle, where um, people who are close to you, such as the captain, the first mate, as well as many of the, uh, or at least the three disciple Avians that you have with you, they all stuck around too. Um, but with that, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, also, how could I forget? Yig Calath and Auk. But yeah, so it's it's that crew kind of all chilling at the the estates down in the hall. And it seems like they're all happy to see you guys once you return. The Ovians seem to be the only ones who are like, I don't want to say dismayed by you returning, but seeing Anton come back, walking around in these halls and everything, they turn to you specifically and they say, what did you learn of this place and your time here today? Again, you guys are coming back at like 11 o'clock at night after leaving at like eight o'clock in the morning. So it's been a long, long day of like food fights, Coliseum games, big dramatic speeches, and apparently an investigation in a prison. Like it's, it's been a day. And so when you come back after all of this, again, they turn to you and they see that you look kind of haggard from your, your day's work. And they just look to you and they say, tell us Anton, what happened today?
4: I learned there are many ways of the people of Ascabellum today. I must learn what I may be diving into tomorrow.
0: And with that, they say, what are you diving into?
4: The northest of your land. That is what I'm diving into.
0: And with that, he says, you plan on going to the wastelands in the north? Yes for what why would you go to avian lands and even as he says this like his two buddies who are with him look to him and they're like did this guy just call them avian lands in azkabellum like that feels you know what i mean like that feels like a kind of a power move to say that but he never breaks eye contact with you as he says it
4: to learn of why there seems to be an imbalance of peace
0: with that, you can see sort of a righteous look come over him for a minute as he looks to you and he says, I mean, perhaps it's the centuries of imperialism. Perhaps it's stripping away our heritage, taking away everything we hold dear to us. Perhaps it's the death of our goddess. Perhaps it's losing everything our people have ever fought for and everything we've ever learned to be true. Perhaps it's us just falling into the annals of history as another conquered race Another conquered people, perhaps the imbalance, as you call it, is nothing more than flipping a page in the grimoire of history.
4: Perhaps. I cannot work with perhaps. <laughs> I must get something from the source.
0: So he looks like a steamed little potato right now. Like he does not look like a happy camper to even be talking about this. And you're like, I wonder why they're so mad. And he's like, hmm. and as he storms off, the other two kind of look back and forth at each other and they head off to the room as well. And as you sit there kind of thinking about why he would storm off like that, you look back through your head today. And you remember every person with that Auburn kind of red colored hair and sort of looking like yourself as a youth, and you remember seeing many of them wearing aprons, many of them wearing tradesmen clothes, many of them working, cleaning, you know, street corners and taking care of shops. But not one of them had a family crest. Not one of them wore nobles garb. And it slowly becomes more and more apparent that though they live among the people of the cities of Ascabellum, there are Avian lands and there are Ascabellan lands. And these are Avians who live in Azkabellan lands, if that makes any sense. And you start to think about yourself in the reflection of the uh, washing basin on the table here. You see your own flecks of red still in your salt and pepper hair. And you recognize, having heard the true noble blood tooted that horn, that your position in this balance is very strange and perhaps, I don't know. Complicated oh, why one. is
4: Ant on the bridge? <laughs>
0: Speaking bridge. of metaphors, no, I'm just <gasps> kidding. Um, and so with that. He's the um, loaf
4: that is shared among
0: all. You know. He's <laughs> the multi
4: grain bread of the people.
0: I pictured him being rye. He seems like that old man bread. <laughs> But okay, was there anything anybody wanted to do before heading off to sleep?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, can Norhill just sort of like run into one of like the uh, Anton's Avian acolytes?
0: Yeah, Barai is the one who seems to be doing all the talking. I will say the other two seem to be—I don't want to say like—just kind of following along. the more these discussions go on it seems like barai is the only one who's kind of sticking around and the other two look to be like they had a nice time on the religion retreat but barai seems to be sticking around for something more so the other two are just there to kind of like nod politely but barai is sort of in charge here and he seems to be the one who's the most mad the most passionate but yeah so as you chase him in what were you gonna do Uh,
1: excuse me sir Uh, a moment please
0: So he turns to you silent as stone.
1: I wonder if I might ask perhaps an insensitive question. Um, I've, I've heard you speak of a god by the name of Ira. Yes.
0: He just gives you like his look from stoic stone faced look. His eyebrows like almost like a puppet just begin to like cartoonishly tilt into a very, very sour look. And he looks at you and he says, spit that name from your mouth. If you have questions, read a book, Dwarf.
1: I mean no disrespect. I'm just wondering if I could ask a simple question.
0: What do that- your tails say she looks like? You could, If you want to, you can roll a diplomacy check. Because it looks like... I mean, sorry, not diplomacy. But, um, but it looks like he's about to like close the door and go to bed over this. So if you'd like to continue this conversation, let's see if you can put your foot in the door. Eleven. Okay, with an eleven... He looks to you with like a very quick look, and he says, for what reason?
1: Call it curiosity. Uh, A a flight of fancy. Uh, Something that will probably lead to nothing.
0: Her hair is silvery blue, like the meeting point between the ocean and the sky. She moves with the grace of the wind and the flow of currents in the ocean itself. Her eyes are the most piercing, diamondy, bluish green, just like fresh sea foam. She is peace. She is tranquility. She is all the raw beauty of nature, with the stoic sternness of a storm encroaching. Is that enough for you, Dwarf?
1: I think so. Uh, Thank you for your time.
0: And that he slowly closes the door, not slamming it as if, like, I don't know, your politeness rang true on that. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, so how much does that sound like our prisoner lady?
0: Well, they never described yeah. her, but it doesn't really sound like it looks like her.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean,
0: other than the fact that like gray haired ladies like, but that's fucking Anton's halfway there. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's, you know. Like, <laughs> but, but anyway. Um, but Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? you is just like chilling in prison.
1: <laughs> I mean, stranger things have happened.
0: Okay. So was there anything else we wanted to do before Betty Buys? I think Cleek is good. Okay. And so with that uh, night falls, I guess everybody goes to bed. And in the morning, you're all greeted with platters of fresh fruit that have been prepared and smoked meats and small rolls with some cheese. Um, and as you guys awaken, borai seems to be packing up all of his things. And his two little buddies, there are already like halfway out the door by the time that everybody else gets up to greet the fresh morning day. And as you guys begin to leave your rooms, borai takes a look to all of you and he says, I wish you all the best of luck. I could have been an asset around here, but... I don't know. He turns to Anton and gives sort of a stern look, and he says, I wanted nothing more than to learn from you. I wanted nothing more than to understand the peace that you found. But perhaps there's just too much anger in me. I wish I could help you more than I did, but...
4: You helped enough. More than enough. I ask more of your people than the kindness you already provide.
0: With that, he just kind of looks down at the floor reluctantly and with a a look of... I guess he looks kind of like embarrassed or or whatever about it, but he looks back up at
4: you. Killings, my friend. Rage is not something that simply disappears. I will not judge you for it. It is only natural future feels in certain ways i will not blame you for it if that's how you feel that is how you feel
0: and so with that he just gives you kind of a squinting look as if trying to read the the subtext that is within like your being And with that he sort of looks away again he looks down at the ground and then he turns with his homies and they walk out closing the door behind him and och puts one single hand on your shoulder and he says He was kind of weird, to be honest. Like, I know I'm bald. But, like, (laughs) how did he never grow hair back? Any of them. Uh, Did did they shave it off? I never saw a blade on one of them. They just, like, commanded it to stop growing? (laughs) What are they, druids? (laughs) They sucked at stones. Hair druids.
4: It's just shrugged, he has no idea.
0: And with that, Yig Khalith says, I think you've done a lot to help them, and I think you've done a lot to educate them. But if he's gone, that's his loss. I don't know if me and Oxplace is to follow you from here. Perhaps we'll stay as long as the king will have us. I would like to have a word with you all privately.
4: And truck gives a nod. He's, he's good with that.
0: And Auk just yeah. kind of stands there like, great. Okay. And she looks to Auk and she says, <laughs> private. And he says, yeah. privately. Yeah.
2: We gotta take, I think we got
4: to take a walk.
0: And so with that, Auk all of a sudden just like, oh, and looks over to Jarzak and says, she, you know, she's talking about you, right? <laughs> Wait, me? Yeah. Oh shit. Privately, and he like moves his fingers around very organically.
2: Well, then maybe we should play stones.
0: Publicly. With that, she puts a hand in front of Jarzak, and she says, "Oh, I'm speaking of you." And he says, "Oh, you know, that's a lot less awkward." <laughs> Oh, sorry. And he just gets up and he hobbles out of there as quickly as he can and the door closes and she walks around and she starts looking at like glasses and windows and stones and she says Empty your pockets. Do you have any gemstones? Are you keeping any trinkets?
2: Are have being
4: robbed? I think <sighs> we're being robbed. Uh, okay. Anto just checks throws if he a magic missile at her. Does he have any <laughs> frying stones on him?
1: I mean, Norhill pulls out the 12 gemstones. I was keeping these for a rainy day.
0: And she looks at all of them and she starts kind of like dingling around in all the stuff that you guys present and she says, something's not right. Some of the magics here aren't working properly and I don't know what is happening. I have. If you'd like, you can leave your wealth with me. I can stay here and I can keep it safe for you. But I... All I can say is,
4: gladly rid of all his will.
0: I'm very sorry. I carry the shame of my people. I carry the pain and regret of everyone I've slain. She pulls out her enchanted daggers from her wrist guards and she puts them down on the table in front of her and she says, "I was sent here to kill all of you. I won't do it. I can't do it. Something's not right." I know it's treason to my people to do such a thing, but I can't do it. I had any number of opportunities. When the boat was, was being taken on bone break, I could have done anything. Could have punctured holes in your vessel and you would never have known. None of you even checked. It poisoned your food, slit your throats in your sleep. Nobody would have known a thing.
2: I mean, I could have. that first night you came into camp, I already knew.
0: And so with that, she
4: yeah. says,
0: I was paid a great sum of money from a mysterious buyer. That's why I was afraid to go anywhere where somebody might recognize me. But now that I'm in a safe place and nobody from Faralee is here, I can, can, I guess, and she starts to weep draconic tears as she sort of like puts her head into her in her scaly hands and she says, Auk knows nothing. He is innocent. He's never known. I was sent here to kill all of you, and I, I just I can't do it. Something pulls me towards you, and I, I will do everything I can. And did I listen to every speech you gave as well? I, I wish to be cleansed of the evil that I've done in the name of tradition. I, I just want nothing more of it. I'll stay here. I'll do what I can to help you all in your journey. Your cause is true. You are all righteous individuals, and I will do what it takes. I just couldn't promise my services in the guilty conscience, and so, in a very pitiful sick. way, she like kneels before you guys, and she kind of lowers her head, and you know all the scaly tendrils on the back of her head kind of dangling to her shoulder sides, and she says, "Please forgive me."
4: And I just gives her. Pat on the shoulder, he just gets to the need just to be out of the way. He says, Cleansing is a thing that of your full life, from the day you take your first breath to your last, it is never something we'll be fully cleansed of, but we'll do the best we can to cleanse ourselves. Do not stress yourself. This is a struggle for all.
0: She Cleansing says,
4: is like breathing.
0: I wanted to wait till I was in a safe place where I might be protected. But there are many assassins from my homeland who are coming for you. I know you must have met some in Bonebreak. And there will be many, many more. And if they hear that I gave up on this cause, they'll kill me. As a matter of tradition, it's treachery against our clan to do such things. I'll be killed if they see me. But I'd rather be dead free of guilt and live having stopped potentially the only people who could save us all. I'm afraid that the one who is willing to pay me such a sum may be none other than the one who seeks us. I have nothing of his, no writ, no contract, no nothing. Everything was all in person. I spoke with a small old man. Something of a military service. He seemed to be of Amaroth himself, judging by accent. But I just, I promise, I'm here for all of you.
4: Insight! Gotta make sure we're not getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> a, I I, feel deck, <laughs> uh, I got A17
0: yeah she seems to be telling as much of the truth as she can okay. um from the description she gave of the uh the uh person who gave the contract it kind of sounds like she was describing Jaden. and no! so
4: this makes me
0: so <laughs> sad
4: Dan, i just gonna say that this poor man i feel so bad for him
0: yeah i, so I mean
1: bad. i
4: feel for him more and more every game
0: Having been beheaded, I imagine his uh, suffering is over, but maybe not. Maybe things only get worse. No. But with that, she stands up and she says, I will stay here with Ock. and we will do everything we can to keep an eye on the court, an ear on the court, and I'll be sure to keep track of everything that's happening here. But I wish you Godspeed and to do the best you can. I know you will survive. I know you'll make it. It'd be really difficult for the podcast to go on if a character were to die from here. I mean, the logistics of changing the, the title scroll alone is just... Anyway. So, I wish you the best of luck. I'll break the news to I think he assumed we were going with you, but I think this may be where our paths split. And so she gives kind of a nod as she stands up in her full height, looking over many of your heads. And she says, with a kind of a nod, she says... Please be going. I will see you soon. Yeah. You well. Are we
4: going to come back? Are we going to leave and come back and everyone's going to be dead? Is that what's going to happen? I have a feeling it's going
0: You know when we joke and say you do Ronnie things where you like try to like call shots in the game? I'm You know what, Ronnie? Shot. It's canon now. <laughs> canon back.
1: Everyone I from the court two. Two. and the king is it's dead except treasure. for Yinkaleth and she's just like, it wasn't
4: me. I, I, I'm all shot, man. We're going to do this. We're going to go meet the people in the north. We're going to solve their issues. We're going to come back here. And it's going to be the same thing with fucking Eagle Heart. We're going to leave. We're going to start coming back. And-
0: <laughs> I'll just don't think about Glory <laughs> Wake and you're good. Yeah, as long as you don't think about Glory Wake and what the orcs did to it, you'll be fine. No,
4: Anton is blocking that out of his subconscious, okay? <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: just. Glory Wake, I don't know what you're talking about. That is oh, deep bet. in like, the hey, subconscious
4: uh... of his child with lost memories of his missing parents, okay? That is like deep in there.
1: <laughs> hey, before, Sorry. Before Sorry, no
4: Hill. I'll let you get back to what you were going to say. I just had to get that out.
1: Jesus Christ, oh, No, no, really it's alright. Really... I was just saying very well. Everything <laughs> will be alright. Now oh, I'm saying, so sure.
2: Uh before you go uh, here's some money to help you guys get by
0: and with that Yggalath kind of shrugs a little bit and she says I don't want to say that I'm very good at what I do but she kind of like extends a hand out from a small satchel and pulls out a handful of diamonds and and emeralds and rubies and she says but I've killed many some comparable to yourselves
2: Oh, I I know. And I know you were sent to kill us. Looks like both of us disobeyed our uh, missions that night. And look at that. We're both alive because of it. But you probably shouldn't be killing here if you want to live here and start over. Try not to, at least. This should help. And I give give them 10 gems, uh, 50 each. And I'll give them... 50 platinum.
0: And then with that, she says, I'm assuming Auk is going to lose this at the nearest tavern in the no, game of you
2: this, this is why I gave it to you. Do not let him near it. You can buy his stuff for him.
0: Her reptilian eyes flare for a second and she's like, oh, good thinking. But then yes. she thinks back to a certain alcoholic beverage that our friend Fel Thistle was drinking at that tavern that night and left it on your tab. And she's like, you know, I could go for a drink. What would that, um, yeah, so the party has uh, a group of uh, guards escort at the door, and the king himself arrives and says, if you are to be leaving, you should be leaving now. I'll explain on the way. Please, grab your things and let's go.
1: And Orho was already
0: uh, uh, armored and ready to leave. And I really assume left. so. Um, he woke up in his armor. But anyway... Yeah. Um, with that, the uh, party begin their, their journey out of the castle, and as they reach the outskirts, uh, you see a familiar face amongst the crowd sort of gathered around the gate, and Barai jumps back in league with the party as the guards in the front, along with the king, seem to be kind of pulling you guys forward here, and Barai jumps into the ranks, and he, without facing your general direction, he bumps into side and keeps walking with you and says, all right, listen, I'm going to say this much. I'm not leaving. I'm going with you, but only because I don't think you'd be able to make your way out there in the wasteland, and I genuinely believe you need my help. I'm grateful everything you've said, and I, I promise you that i it means a lot that you took a chance with us and explained your ways, but I don't think you would last out there in the north. So please, let me come with you. I will help.
4: I will not deny your assistance, I only... I'm only surprised you'd never mind.
0: (laughs) And so with that, as you guys turn at a major junction here in the city, Burai takes a look like a dog hearing that they're going out to play outside. And he sort of looks around frantic and he says, I'm sorry. Wait, no. Are we? Oh, no. And as you guys look down a main road, you can see before you that there is a large bridge in the distance. And looking at this bridge, you guys can see that it's, I don't want to say like decorated with tons of like statues and flags and things like that, but it definitely looks like a major structure out here. a Very fancy. It's like like an Arc de Triomphe. It's like the, you know, the uh, Eiffel Tower. It's like a very fancy structure that definitely stands out um, above the rest. And so with that, he sort of looks back and forth and looks as if like he's going over the edge of a waterfall as you approach it. And it seems like the king and all his men are bringing you over to this place and slowly turning as about to lead you over the bridge. And as you guys get closer and closer, Burai says, if you want any chance at all of earning any keep amongst the Avians in the north, if anybody here sees you walking across this bridge barefoot, you, take your shoes off, take off your hats. If we are crossing this bridge, you will do it in a peaceful way. And with Ants that, you can tell job.
4: he's very confused by this custom. He needs to
0: know more. He he just starts tearing his sandals off and pulling his hat yeah. off, and he is just like he is. Antha not wear a
4: hat.
1: What do your shoes have to do with the
0: bridge?
4: Well, I don't even know if Ant's wears shoes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what <laughs> he's just been barefoot this whole time, like <gasps> that's what I left in glory wake. Meanwhile, some orc who's torching your house is just like, oh, mm, my size. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <Nobody>. <laughs> But um, Orc Bonnie. But with that, he begins to take off his shoes and everything. And as the king reaches that point and the rest of the troop of guards begin to lead you this way, the king with open arms reaches them out to you guys. This bridge itself is also like 20 feet wide and it is packed with traffic. But seeing the king approaching, people begin to like spread and whatever. And the king with open arms sort of greets all of you for the last time before you leave the city. And with that, he says, I would wish you all the best of luck, and I hope you all find your way. I think that it is best that you follow the coast, continue north, and go to the town of Tirulo. There, you will meet with many seaborne who will probably be hospitable to you and welcome you in your journey. And so with that, you may cross the bridge of Salivora as friends of the state. And as you guys see the way parting and looking over the bridge, uh, Nobody has taken their shoes off. Can and I do fact, a fact, everybody who looks, I mean, it's very clearly, I mean, he explains this. He's taken off his shoes before this little speech happens. He's like, it's a sign of respect, please. It's like the most I can tell you, the bridge of Salivora was the last place that the native Avians saw before sentenced to death. Anybody who fought against the first king, this is the last place the first Avians walked across before we never saw them again. And out of respect, we don't work our shoes. We walk the way we were oh, born. Yeah. What, what, anti what you,
1: you, well, you, no you swim to, the river it, I yeah guess there's if... no reason to self-sabotage our attempts at diplomacy it can't hurt and Norhill takes off his boots and his helmet
0: as you begin to do so the king in a look as if like you guys started whipping out your junk like he just looks at you and he's like I beg pardon what are you doing
1: we're being told that this is the culturally sensitive thing to do.
0: Barai looks as if, like, you guys just called him out for not doing his homework in class, and he just looks like a deer caught in headlights, realizing without hat or shoes and being very clearly obvious, the king looks dead at him and says, you would dare disrespect my people in my city? This is that, a brave king.
1: We would dare disrespect no one anywhere in this country.
0: And he says, then put on your shoes, And be a good guest and a good assistant to the king of Azcabellum.
2: So so wait, do you want peace or war?
0: (laughs) He says, I will have peace and I will not be disrespected. Then you
2: can stay here. Is there any way
4: to get over there without crossing a bridge? Can we just like avoid this? (laughs) Can we just like fly?
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, is just casting fly and going over.
1: (laughs) And this seems the best way for us to stick to peace and get off with, well, the best foot forward.
0: With with Norhill's knobby little potato toes. (laughs) He's like, the best foot forward. Like, what are those things? It's just one big brown foot, like just a rock, (laughs) just a small boulder. Like ah, just a brown Betty down there just like what the fuck is that thing but with that I'll, I'll let you roll the persuasion or whatever check you want for that as one king to another and I'll, I'll even give you that bonus of the half proficiency on it
1: natural 20 for a total of 22
0: yeah and with that his eyebrows lower as he looks over at Anton and recalls the conversation you had before and he says so be it And he, with that, kind of looks back to everybody in attendance. And he says, as a sign of good faith and in recognition of growth, peace, and prosperity. He looks back and forth at everybody who's clearly not Avian and very clearly Azkabellan. And he takes off his shoes as well and steps a couple of feet onto the bridge. And he says, in a sign of good faith, I wish nothing but peace amongst me and all of my Avian brothers and sisters cross the bridge as friends. All. And with that, Barai has the biggest drop of sweat rolled down his face, like.
4: <gasps> no, is this a sign of disrespect? Like pseudo disrespect? Anton is concerned.
2: No, is they're, all, they're, all, they're all humans, right? Yep. Okay. Perfect.
1: Oh, man. That is a That's good annoying. show, King Thoreau. If I've learned anything from my time among the other peoples of the continent, it's that good diplomacy always requires a little sacrifice.
3: And, and they're going to start
1: crossing the bridge.
0: Even oh the most reluctant nod of peaceful grinning to you He's, as he can. He just gives kind of a small nod and he says, Very well, dwarf. Lord, Lord Hill. With that, the whole party crosses the bridge. And who is barefoot for this? And Tom's I think all of us. Damn. And so with that, you could tell the Avian-blooded ascabellans noticing this and sort of giving a couple nods. A few Avians along this path, along this like 200-foot long bridge here, begin to take off their own shoes. And you can see people start to kind of disrobe in that way as a sign of respect and go about their business walking the, the path of this bridge. And as you guys come across to the other side, That is where we're going to the end of the episode. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in, and if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at youngbrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons. Dungeons.